Welcome back to Growing in His Word. God bless you guys. And last week we talked about how Saul was preaching Christ and he was on fire. And listen, Saul escaped death and Saul was sent to Jerusalem. He went to Jerusalem and he spoke boldly in the name of the Lord Jesus and disputed against the Hellenists. And we talked about that last week, how how the church prospered and how the Holy Spirit was multiplying new believers and it was a radical chapter man <laughs> god bless you guys and listen welcome to growing in his word and this week in this podcast we want to talk to you about a radical time where not only were An- uh, Aeneas was healed but Dorcas was, was restored to life last week we discussed that and how you know that's where it was happening in Cornelius was going to send out a delegation and this part of the actual church in this in this time in life is exciting because this is the turning point in the church listen this is the actual turning point in the book of acts where now jews are spreading to the gentiles the gospel and they're like wow now we are out of our shell here we are, we're going to spread God's word, and we're going to spread it to the Gentiles and to everybody. We're going to give it to every race, because every race is equal, and everybody is loved by God. And it's amazing, because we're going to see some radical stuff take place this morning, and I'm excited. Father God, we come before you, Lord, in your name, Jesus. And Lord, we thank you for this time, Father. We ask that you, Lord, go before us like you always have. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, listen to this, man. Last week was radical. Saul was preaching Christ. And the Gentiles are now coming to a point where Cornelius is a Gentile. And there was a certain man, you know, and he was in Caesarea. It was called Cornelius. He was a centurion and what was basically called the Italian regiment. Now, listen to this because... It's important. And so now we can't forget. We need to go back for a second and look at verse 41. Actually, we need to talk about where Peter, remember, he restored Dorcas. He restored her because she was faithful and she was dead. And you may think to yourself, wow, man. You know, but yeah. Jesus Christ healed Dorcas. She was dead, and Peter brought her alive by the name of, in the name of Jesus. Man, this is a radical chapter, man. <laughs> I don't know any God but Jesus that can restore the death and heal the, the blind. And why, if you turn to other chapters in, my, in, the, in what I preached on in the book of John on my website, you'll see all the miracles that Jesus did, he, how he lame. He healed the lame, the blind, and it's radical because here we're coming to where Dorcas was was restored, and Peter just, you know, healed her in Joppa, and many believed on the Lord, and it was it was so that they stayed many days in Joppa with Simon and Tanner. <laughs> yeah, Simon, he was a Tanner. You know what a Tanner? You know, last week I got an email about what you know the Tanner situation. Well. To be a tanner was not really desirable or socially acceptable in Israel. A tanner had to pretty much deal with with the dead animals, you know, 
It was pretty, that's pretty much not what the Jewish, you know, ceremonials practices, but, you know, it was an unpleasant work and, and it had a nasty odor. So a tanner wasn't very, you know, uh, what do you call it? A, a, a real uh, professional job back then. <laughs> so here we are in chapter 10, verse 1, where Cornelius sent a delegation and there was a certain man in Caesarea called Cornelius, a centurion, okay, of what was called the Italian regiment. Now, here we come to the turning point in the church. And, the, and, and, and so now the Gentiles are now about to get the gospel. And it's going to be amazing because the Gentiles have never heard. They've never heard the word of God. You got to think about this. This is the first church. This is going to be the radical movement of the first church. And here we see Cornelius, you know, for the most part, the world really hasn't heard about Jesus. But we come to a turning point in this chapter where a lot of believers and a lot of pastors and a lot of churches get into uh, the replacement theory with Israel. And it's a sad situation because you know, God has a vision for Israel in the end. And we see a lot of different replacement, the, uh, you know, theories going on. And some pastors would say, well, I'm not part of that. No, not me. But really they are because all they talk about is a certain country and a certain group of people. And they miss the mark and they don't feed the sheep what they need to hear, which is Jesus Christ came. He died on the cross, and he can forgive you of your sins. This is what we need to hear. We need to preach that, you know, listen, I want to give you some scriptures that the Lord put on my heart because before we start this chapter, it's very important that we believers understand that we're supposed to make Israel jealous so that they can come to Jesus. That's what it's about. It's about Jesus. We love Israel, yes, but Israel's not the church. And I'll say that again. Israel is not the church. And Romans chapter 10, 19 says, but I say surely, surely Israel did not know, did they? Question mark. First Moses says, listen, I will make you jealous by which is not a, which is not, not a nation, by a nation without understanding, will I anger you? He's causing the jealousy now. Israel is a Jewish nation set apart for the end where God is going to come back and bless Israel. There's, Israel is a, a radical, awesome, beautiful country full of marvelous, genius humans who love God. Why can't we leave it like that? <laughs> it's so much easier. But Romans 11, 14 says, if somehow I might move to jealousy, my fellow countrymen and save some of them, why then that's what it's about to be. So jealousy is what it's provoking. And, and it says, listen here, I say then, listen, they did not stumble so as to fall, did they? May it never be, but by... Their transgression, salvation has come to Gentiles to make them jealous. Here we see 
the jealousy. And you may be, th you may be thinking to yourself, well, how's that possible? I'm going to show you how it's possible. Listen, Cornelius sends a delegation in chapter 10. And there was a certain man in Caesarea called Cornelius, a centurion of what was called an Italian regiment, a devout man and one who feared God with all his household, who gave alms generously to the people and prayed to God always about the ninth hour of the day. He saw clearly in a vision, listen to this, in a vision, an angel of God coming and saying to him, Cornelius. And when he observed him, he was afraid and said, what is it, Lord? Well, so he said to him, your prayers and your alms have come up for a memorial before God. Interesting. Verse 5 says, now send men to Joppa and send for Simon, whose surname is Peter. He is lodging with Simon, a tanner. You know the dirty... Uh, a dirty job of the tanner. <laughs> Notice the tanner's unclean. It's kind of interesting how we see, you know, a tanner who's unclean. But here we go. You ready? It's radical. Then he says, whose house is by the sea. He will tell you what you must do. And when the angel who spoke to him had departed, Cornelius called two of his household servants and a devout soldier from among those who waited on him continually. Verse 8 says, So when he had explained all these things to them, he sent them to Joppa. So here they are. They're waiting for an execute, uh, an order from God. Things are going out. They're, they're, lead, they're being led by the Holy Spirit. God's going to move in the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit's working really good in the book of Acts. And the Holy Spirit can really work good in your life too. So listen. It's going to get heated up, man. This sermon's going to be like a chili pepper. Are you ready? All right. And so the next day as they went on their journey and drew near the city, Peter went up to the house to pray about the sixth hour. Then he became very hungry and he wanted to eat. But while they made ready, he fell into a trance and he saw heaven opened and an object like a great sheet bound at the four corners, descending to him and let down to the earth. <laughs> a cheeseburger fell down. That's what I think. A big, large pork steak cheeseburger. I don't know, man. Listen to this. You may laugh at that, but this is what it's coming down to. <laughs> the Hebrews are stuck in the law, and they're not allowed to eat pork or anything unclean, and that's what they were doing because they really thought that, and they still do, and it's just, that's fine, but we're under the new law. So Jesus is going to show how Let's just keep reading. You're going to love this. Listen. And so we see it in, in, in 12. And it were all kinds of four-footed animals on the earth, wild beasts, creeping things, and birds of the air. And a voice came to him and rise. It said, rise, Peter, kill and eat. Kill and eat. But Peter said, not so, Lord. <clears throat> I like Peter, man, because he's telling God, you know. <laughs> you know. For I have never eaten anything common or unclean. And God was about ready to tell him, listen, you know, it's time to eat that those baby back ribs, man. Listen, it's time to break the law and get into the new covenant. Because that's what it's about. But we see a lot of replacement theories where we have a lot of different pastors uh, get on the pulpit and say, you know, they they preach God's word and they don't and they and they preach too much of one issue that leads 
the believer, I believe, onto a dangerous path into Judaism. Dangerous meaning salvational. Because we only have salvation in Christ. Amen? So, here we see, basically, man, the food that they had been first considering, Peter would, would, would understand a better message. And so the vision was a sign from heaven, and the Jews were no longer to, to basically call Gentiles unclean. From that point on, these two groups would be equal, equal footing before the Father. God was breaking down Peter's prejudice. Listen, this is where it comes down to where the food and the in us humans are equal. Christ died for all of us. We don't have to live by the law anymore. This is what Paul was saying. This is what God was saying. This is what is going on right now. Listen, they're basically saying we need to go get a cheeseburger and break bread and not worry about it. But Peter can't do it. You see, Peter's saying no, Lord. And God's saying yes, eat it. Love it. You know? Because here he's going to go and, 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 and go into a nation where it's not so clean anymore. God's preparing him. I'm not saying that you should go eat unclean things because God's preparing you. You know, the sad part today is certain Christians believe that if you eat the wrong food, they're Seventh-day Adventists, by the way, they believe that, and there's nothing wrong with seven-day Adventists with their salvation. It's, it's the food that they think that's going to cause them to go to hell. And it's, not, it's very sad because as believers, we want to be able to eat what we want to eat. And we can't go to, uh, well, that's offending me. Well, it offends me that I can't eat, eat a big, large cheeseburger with a chocolate shake. That offends me more. Because Jesus said to Peter, God's telling Peter, look, you don't got to worry about it. Eat it. There is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Listen, food has nothing to do with salvation. Food has nothing to do with salvation. And so we can see, you know, rise, Peter, it says, kill and eat. But Peter said, not so, Lord, for I have never eaten anything common or unclean. Well, you're going to eat it now. Listen, believers, I, I hear it all the time. It's unclean. Don't eat it. Stay away. That's the replacement theology. That's, the, that's where people are believing that they're, 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 they're part of the, the 12 tribes and you can't eat it and you can't. Oh, we got to be this. And it's real sad because I can't understand it. Verse 15 says in a voice spoke to him again the second time. The second time. Listen, believers. The second time. God has cleansed you. You must not call common. Well, look, he says here, what God has cleansed, you must not call common. This was done three times. And the object was taken up into heaven again. Wow. Food. You see, this is the food. We need, we need to stay away from the regular, regular laws of the food and go to the spiritual food. This is what it's about. God wants to feed you spiritually, but we believers sometimes can't get it. And so, and so God wants us to do that, but we see how 
And verse 17 says, Now while Peter, listen to this, while Peter wandered within himself, what this vision, what this vision which he had seen meant, behold, the men who had been sent from Cornelius had made an inquiry of Simon's house and stood before the gate, and they called and asked whether Simon, whose surname was Peter, was lodging there. While Peter, listen to this in verse 19, while Peter throughout about the vision, the spirit said to him, behold, three men are seeking you. Arise, therefore go down and go with them, go with them, doubting nothing, for I have sent them. Verse 21, then Peter went down to the men who had been sent to him from Cornelius and said, yes, I am he who you seek. For what reason have you come? And they said, Cornelius, a centurion, a just man, okay, one who fears God and has good reputation among all the nation of the Jews, was divinely instructed by a holy angel to summon you to his house and to hear words from you. Then he invited them and lodged them. On the next day, Peter went away with them and some brethren to Joppa and accompanied them. Listen. So here we see, uh, we see basically how they came together and how the great faith of Cornelius is demonstrated by the fact that he had a house full of people when Peter arrived. You can see how the house is packed. Things are coming together. The Konania, the fellowships together, the, uh, you know, it's there and believers are together and they're not singled out. And listen to this. We see the obedience in the people from different races in the house. This is what you see. You see different people, different communities. They're there. This is where the church is starting to unravel. This is the turning point in the church where everyone's together. Nobody's left out. Everybody has a plan. God has a plan for everybody. And Jesus wants to use us. We got to be obedient. It starts in a house and it ends up in a church. Listen, you know what's crazy is years ago, we took two people and we started a Bible study and it grew and it grew and it grew. And we went neighborhood to neighborhood, house to house, like the book of Acts. And we called it, you know, it was a church that we built. The Lord did it, not us. And it was growing rapidly and getting bigger and bigger and bigger. Until we ended up renting out a facility. But this is how it goes. It starts in, it starts two by two, the Bible says. And it's this is exactly how it works. And now, and now they're gonna make, now they're gonna make the Jews jealous. Listen. <clears throat> if you see in the book of Acts, chapter 13, verse 45, it says, But then, but when the Jews saw the crowds, they were filled with jealousy and began contradicting the things spoken by Paul and were blaspheming. But then it says in Acts 17, 5, it says, but the Jews becoming jealousy, jealous and taking along some wicked men from the marketplace, they formed a mob and sent in the city in an uproar and attacking the house of Jason. See, they were seeking to bring them out of the people. Listen, out to the people because it's jealousy. We're supposed to bring jealousy so they'll come to Jesus. That's all races. We want all races to be jealous so we can... Bring them to Jesus. This is what it's about. Listen, Cornelius, you know, was a, was a radical guy. Listen, Cornelius was open to, to receiving the truth. Listen to this, man, because 
you know, Cornelius' desires was to be pleasing to God. And the fact that he readily uh, obeyed the angel is a sign of how much he desired the truth. And with this kind of attitude, there's no question that Cornelius was open to receiving the truth of the gospel the moment that he heard it. And this is what we're reading. We're reading that believers want to hear the truth. When you're out there, give them God's truth. Listen, this is up to you to get up this morning and say, listen, I want to be obedient to God's calling. I want to get out there and I want to lead people to Christ. You can do it. You can do all things through Christ Jesus who strengthens you. You just got to believe it. Listen, you got to be obedient and believe it and go do it. This is what we need to do. I'm not calling you to be a pastor. I'm not calling you to be some evangelist. The Lord is calling you to do your part, and that's to pray. Ask people to come. And so we see how, you know, the vision was shown. We see the vision of Peter, and so now when he prepares them to meet up with people who want to eat that steak or that cheeseburger, he can't say he can't eat it. Or whatever it is, it's unclean. There's no partiality. There's no... There's no prejudice now. God has broken that down and said, you, no, no more. You're not going to do that. And here's the vision, not only once, but twice. Straight from heaven. Listen, we don't got to worry what we eat or how we, what, we, what we put in our stomach. We need to worry about God's love and His mercy and how He wants to use it in our lives. Because Peter loved Jesus, Okay? We're cleansed by the blood, not, not by the animal. We're cleansed by Jesus, not by the lamb. We're cleansed by God's mercy. You know, we're, 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 you know, we, Jesus loves us where we are and who we are. He loves us for, you know, he loves us. Jesus loves us no matter what, because we're sinners and he has a plan for us. Listen, believers out there, I want to tell you this, because um, a lot of people don't understand this. It's really about his unconditional love. You see, it's about it's about his unconditional love. And, you know, the mountains may shift and the hills may be shaken, but my faithful love won't shift from you. Listen, and my covenant of peace won't be shaken, says the Lord, the one who pities you. Isaiah 54, 10. You see, and the good news is no matter how the world changes around us, he is always there guiding us through it all because he's in control of it all. Believers need to understand that, you know, listen to this. It says here in, in Psalms 86, 15, but you, my Lord, are, are a God of compassion and mercy. You are very patient and full of faithful love. And the good news is, is that, that we believers will make mistakes, but but. But just like the people in our lives who love us unconditionally, God will give us grace and forgiveness. You're loved. Jesus Christ loves you. The Lord, the Lord your God is in your midst, a warrior bringing victory. He will create calm with his love, and he will rejoice over you with singing. That's Zephaniah 3.17. I bet you never heard that one. <laughs> Listen, the Lord is your biggest supporter when you succeed, and he succeeds he always is there on the sidelines to cheer you on because he loves you. Listen, see what kind of love the Father has given us 
and that we should be called God's children, and that is what we are because the world did not recognize him. It doesn't recognize us. First John 3, 1. Why doesn't it recognize us? Because we're set apart and we're different. God doesn't want us to be like the others. But it's a blessing because it's to be considered one of his, we're one of his children who he loves the same way any parent loves their child. Do you love your child? God loves you. Know now then that the Lord your God is only the true God. He is the faithful God who keeps the covenant and proves loyal to everyone who loves him and keeps his commands. Even to the even to the to the thousands of generations. Deuteronomy 7 9. And the good news is that God will protect his children for eternity after eternity with his forever unwavering love. And listen, God is never late. He's always on time. Listen, this ain't the Joel Osteen message, man. I'm telling you straight out. Jesus Christ loves you. Because God loves you so much. You're also capable of love in deeper and stronger ways in each day that you don't even know about. Jesus Christ had a plan for Peter and Cornelius. And he's got a plan for you. But we got to take that step and say, listen, I want to serve you, Lord. And that's what we need to do. And so this sermon is really about obedience and togetherness and seeing people, whoever they may be. I don't care if they're, it, we don't see God, we're colorblind. We don't see the skin color. We see the human. Jesus sees the heart of the believer. He loves them. We're family. When we receive Jesus, we become Echad in Hebrew 1. And that's the good news because those who believe in him and follow his teachings are guaranteed a shield and can sleep knowing that they're never alone. And you are not alone. But let, who, let all who take refuge in you celebrate. Let them sing out loud forever. Protect them so that all who love your name can rejoice in you because you, Lord, bless the righteous. You cover them with favor like a shield. Isn't that marvelous? Isn't it marvelous that we can go before God and say, Lord Jesus, forgive us for our sins and give thanks to the Lord because he's good, because his faithful love endures forever. Isn't that good? Because, you know, the good news is that we're eternally grateful because the Lord is always with you. He'll never leave you. You can call upon him when you're in trouble, when you're, when you're, when you're in need. And this is the great news. Listen. Cornelius, Peter, all of them called in the name of Jesus. They were together in one household. They were together because they loved God. They had a purpose. You think they'd be out there just doing it for, for, for like, no, okay, here you go. You know? Like, here's my free time. No, they had the spirit of the Lord in them. You know? And we're going to end with this, dear friends. Dear believers, let's love each other because love is from God and everyone who loves is born from God and knows God. And the person who doesn't love does not know God. Isn't that amazing? Because God is love. 
I want to read that again to you because it's important. Because God's very essence is love. And when we love one another, we're fulfilling God's most fundamental wish for our lives. (laughs) Isn't that amazing? Listen, dear friends, let's love each other because love is from God and everyone who loves is born from God and knows God. The person who doesn't love does not know God because God is love. 1 John 4, 7, 8. Isn't that a beautiful scripture? Peter is on fire. He can eat what he wants. He's going to be summoned to Caesarea next week. And Peter's going to wonder with within himself what this vision which he had seen meant to be you know to be behold the men who had been sent from Cornelius had made inquiry for Simon's house and stood before the gate and they called and asked whether Simon whose surname was Peter was lodging there you see and Peter next week's gonna we're gonna talk about the vision and we're gonna talk about exactly what's gonna happen next Father God, we come before you and we thank you for the love that you've given us today. We've run out of time now, Lord. We love you, Jesus. We know that you have a plan, Father. And you said that, Lord, God of Israel, there is no God like you in heaven or on the earth. You keep the covenant. You show loyalty to your servants who walk before you with all their heart. And Father, we thank you for that. And as it was for the Israelites of old, the love of our God, you, Lord, is never failing. And we thank you for that, Jesus. We pray that if anyone don't know you, that they come and know the good news. And we love you, Jesus. Amen. And God bless you guys. Listen, next week we're going to be talking about, you know, the vision and how Peter meets Cornelius and how the preaching of Cornelius is going to be in the household and how it starts in the house and it ends up becoming really big. Listen, the good news is, listen, God loves you. It says it. Your your faithful love is priceless. God's humanity finds refuge in the shadow of your wings. Psalms 36.7. God bless you guys. Listen, next week, we can't wait to see you on Growing in His Word. If you guys want to see us, log on to growinginhisword.com or, or any podcast, and, that, and there you'll find us. God bless you guys, and, and remember, Jesus Christ loves you. And so do I.